there I was, sitting on the floor with my back to the wall next to the men's bathroom. High out my mind. Lifted way beyond any point that I've ever wanted to be. Never been this high, never wanted to be this high, but there I was. I heard noises in the back, and those noises were coming from a group of people. That group of people, well, that was pretty much everyone who had anything to do with Murder, Inc. records. Irv Gotti, Ja Rule, Ashanti, Lloyd, BJ, list goes on. Also some big-time names that you wouldn't necessarily know or recognize, but not less important. I'd finally got to put in some work in a professional studio with a globally known label. Everything on the line. And somehow, I ended up on the outside of this room, listening in, while sitting on the floor. The door opened, someone walked out, and stepped over me. AI'd the shit out of me. And it was in that moment, I knew I fucked up. How'd I get here? Well, I guess you'll have to stick around. Welcome to In The Moment. Yeah. I'm in the moment. Stay in the moment. Yeah. Hey. Look. Check. I'm in the moment. There's a moment in everything, and everything is a moment. I talk about the comedy in it all. This is your first time. Welcome to the funniest podcast you have never heard. I'm your new favorite comedian, Mo Mitch, or your money back. Shout out to all my regular listeners and my new listeners. Episode 81. As always, give it up for yourself if you're in the building. I welcome back all my regular listeners. I also welcome my new listeners. There's room for everyone. Sit back and buckle up. Because you could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. All right. So if you're a regular, well, we're going to throw a little twist at you this week. Spice it up for you. I'm going to do something a little different. The Bird Show is going on vacation next week. So by the time you hear this, I'll already be on said vacation. So what we're doing is giving you another four-part series. This will be the first. And the last time I had the opportunity to give you guys a four-part podcast, I interviewed Bert. It was great. Everybody seemed to love it. It did really well. And I had a good time doing it. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. So this time I wasn't exactly sure what to do. Maybe I'll do another interview. But instead, figured, no, I'll do something else. And what that something else is, is I'm basically going to tell my story. Not all of it, but a lot of it. Because we don't have the time to get into all of it. But I want to tell it based on four of the most inspirational moments I've ever had. Some of the craziest things that have happened to me at times when I needed them the most. Being that my podcast is based around being in the moment, what better way to spend a four-part series 
but talking about my most influential moments. And so that's where we are. And that story somewhat begins in New York City. Now, I was born in Brooklyn, but the first story I truly remember being a relevant one happened in Manhattan. I used to walk around with a rhyme book all the time. My mom never knew what was in that book or why I had that book. But she knew it was important to me because I made sure to never leave it around. (laughs) I didn't want my moms to know nothing about what was going on inside that book. But that's where I put all of my my rhymes, my jokes, my thoughts, my ideas. And one day, I was home. I was listening to Video Music Box. Two of y'all will remember that. And I remember Jay-Z coming on. And the song was Ain't No. I played that song over and over. I thought it was the flyest song I'd ever heard at that time. Don't really know why. I just did. And that kind of shaped rap for me. Because he was talking about something. He was rapping. And he had swag. So I kind of went in that direction. And the universe is funny. Because it just kind of lines everything up for you in a way where you wouldn't really even be able to appreciate it unless you sat back for a moment and realized what was going on. So I hear that Jay-Z song, and I'm like, this is crazy. As the universe would have it. Rest in peace to my grandmother. She used to work in Manhattan. And she used to babysit me a lot. So sometime she would take me up to a job. And she worked for the city. And I remember being young and complaining that I had to go to my grandmother's job with her, even if for a few hours. Because even back then, before I even really knew what work was, I knew I didn't want to go to work. (laughs) That started early for me. Nah. Damn, I don't like to go to work when I'm getting paid to go. You think I want to go to work with you so you could get a check? You don't leave me in this bed? Grandma, you wildin'. That was my thought. Nah, baby, you got to come with me because my grandma ain't, she ain't really trust leaving me in the apartment by myself. Some of that was because we ain't live in the best neighborhoods back then. Grandma lived on Hillside, Jamaica Ave. If you know 50 Cent, you're familiar with that. But mostly because she ain't trust me. <laughs> so I got to go to work for a couple hours. You coming with me. All right. Help me right by her side. Get to the job. Find out that her best friend at work, someone she goes to lunch with every single day, is Miss Gloria Carter, who happens to be Sean Carter's mom. For those who don't know, Sean Carter is Jay-Z. And I remember going up to the job, and I'd learned that that was her best friend. Now, you got to remember at this time as a kid, number one, Jay-Z is not as big as he is now. And number two... I didn't know who Sean Carter was, so I didn't know who Miss Gloria Carter was. I just knew her as Miss Carter. And she was mad cool. The more I got to go up to my grandmother's job, the more I would get to speak to her. But one day, I remember being there with her. And I remember being a kid. And that moment of what it feels like as a kid, because you got to go back to when you were a kid. 
that moment when that guy that I had saw on Video Music Box, in the Ain't No video, that song I really liked, that Jay-Z guy, he walks in the office. <laughs> I'm like, yo, what the fuck is going on, man? <laughs> I'm sitting there like, what's happening? I'm Roger. And he walks in, and I remember he went to his mom, and I want to say he asked her for lunch money. I'm pretty sure that's what Jay, Sean, whatever you want to call him, Hove, was doing there. Because remember, he told y'all back then it wasn't what it is now. It wasn't until he showed up in that dubbed-out buggy that's when all the ladies loved him. And I remember his mom giving him money. And I still remember what he looked like. He had the flat top. He had, like, jewels on. He was flashy. <laughs> but he came to work to ask his moms for money. That was most of young black men in the hood. <laughs> you look like you had it, but you ain't have it, so you had to go get it from your moms. You would have it if you ain't look like you had it because you spent all of what you had on trying to look like you have it. Now you ain't got it. That'll make sense to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so Jay takes the money and he goes on about his business and I remember running up to my grandmother like yo you know who that is she like yeah that's Sean that's Gloria's son I'm like nah grandma that's Jay Z whatever boy go back over there N-O-B-Z C-Z whatever the hell Z that's Gloria's son that's Sean up here asking for lunch money again I know your ass gonna need some lunch money soon too you should have went with him. I'm thinking, can I? <laughs> and so I told Miss Carter that I was a big fan of her son. And she said, okay, I'll get you a signed CD and poster. I'll never forget it. And she did. Eventually, she came to work with a CD signed by Jay and a poster. I remember he had on a, an Adidas tracksuit. Remember it like it was yesterday. It was signed. And then he also gave me like a, a reasonable doubt picture. And that was signed too. I wish I still had the shit. I don't know what I did with it, but I had it for a long time. I remember thinking it was the dopest shit ever at the time. And then my grandmother heard me playing the CD and she took the CD from me. Yo! As soon as he came in, I keep you fresher than the next, bitch. My grandma's like, nah, nah. Whoa, whoa. You ain't keeping one bitch fresh around here. Not one. What are you listening to this for? I said, Grandma, it's not that bad. That's one. She kept playing it. Okay, that's just one. Let's see. No need for you to ever sweat the next bitch. Grow. Whoa. I said, all right. You know what, Grandma? You got me. <laughs> hey. You, you got it. It's fine. <laughs> Grandma took the CD away. I couldn't even listen to the song. I was so mad. In fact, I might be bugging. It's been so long. I don't even think it was a CD. It might have been a tape. It might have been a cassette tape. Damn, showing my age. But that ain't the point. Whatever it was, my grandma took it. And I remember going back to work with her and being mad that I couldn't listen to it anymore. And one of the guys that worked at the job, I'll never forget this, they got into like some kind of argument about something. And I just remember him saying something about, that's why your bum-ass son comes up here asking for money all the time. And he can't dress for shit. Like some random guy at the job really told her this about her son. And I remember Miss Carter very calmly, in fact, looking at him and saying, you can say what you want about his shirt, but one day he'll be able to buy the shirt off your back and this company. 
And at the time, I remember feeling like that ain't even it. That ain't the best response. Punch him in his face, Miss Carter. He talking crazy. Boy, was I wrong. It's the greatest response ever. Because she was right. <laughs> Yo, where's this man now? Imagine if he's alive, how he feels for having said that to her one day. Her son is hove. Normally, a lot of moms have probably said that. They son ain't turn out to be shit, though, so don't hit the same. This worked. She was right. But the confidence that she had in her son, I never forgot that. She probably didn't really listen to rap. Most of the time when you start rapping, your mama don't care about your music. She don't listen to that anymore. She probably didn't know. She obviously didn't know he was going to be Jay-Z. Who knew that? Maybe she did. That's the point. You talk to her however you want to. Just know my son. At that time, he probably was spending a little bit in New York. Biggie was going. We was looking for something to fill the void, but he wasn't hove yet. But she knew he was. And for some reason, I never forgot that. And that was the last time I saw Jay-Z. Until it wasn't. So as I got older, I remember being in high school and always having been inspired by those moments. And that's when I started rapping. And that's a kind of story within itself. I meet my best friend, whom is still my best friend to this day, in high school. And he raps. And he's like, yo... I rap, I heard you rap a little bit. Because I was getting a little name at the time for rapping around the school. And I was like, yeah, you know, I do a little something at the time, though. I was just like writing rhyme after rhyme. It was more like poetry, very long poetry. And he taught me how to make it 16s and how to put it on a beat. And there's a hook and there's a chorus and there's a verse and all that. He taught me all that. Taught me how to record and everything. But at the time, I was just raw talent. I was just rapping. And... I knew that this dude would always be my man because of this moment that kind of gave me the confidence that I needed to really rap. Because for a while, I was just kind of rapping around the school. I would go to other schools and battle dudes that was at their school, and I would beat everybody. And I started to really make a name for myself. And at this time, we had just moved from New York to Colorado, where I was angry because I missed New York. So I put all of that anger into music, into rhyming. And that's when I started battling, and I was crushing everybody, to be honest. I was, I was kind of the guy. And I had to prove that one day when this is around the time that and one basketball was a thing, and everybody was getting busy, and they were touring. And they happened to be in Denver, Colorado. And me meeting Lance kind of led up to that moment because we had spent a lot of time together him showing me how to really become an artist when I was more so just a rapper. But I remember going to this and one game, and the only reason I went was because I wanted to watch the game. I didn't want to do anything else. I just wanted to watch them play ball. But when I got there, they had a stage set up in the hallway. And there was two dudes on the stage rapping. And I was there with Lance. This is my guy, LB. Shout out to LB. And I remember him telling me, like, yo, you got to get up there. You got to do what you do. This is your moment. And I'm like, fam, I ain't come here for that. It's mad people there. I mean, we're at the Pepsi Center. This is where the Nuggets play. It's packed in there. And one was actually putting butts in the seats. 
I'm like, nah, I ain't getting up there, kid. I ain't built for that. Oh, most of the rapping I did at that time was in cafeterias. Like 30 people was a sold-out crowd for me. You talking about 20, 30,000? Nah, I'm good. Nope. He's like, nah, we ain't on that. You got to get up there. I said, all right, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I come back. I'm going to get up there. He said, bet. I said that to get him off my back. Yo, you crowded me. Let me get up out of here so I don't have to deal with you on me. I left, and I went to the bathroom. Stayed for as long as I thought I could stay. Figured it would be a little difficult to find him. That would buy me more time. This is how I'm on it. <laughs> and sure enough, when I come back out, now mind you, again, this, this stage is in the hallway, so this is not even midcourt yet. I come back out, and he's on the stage. LB, battling some dude. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, how you go from, yo, you got to get up there to you battling? And LB could get busy. Don't get me wrong, but he knew in his mind, like, I would really beat anybody here. So he gets up there and he does his thing. And he falls short. He loses. At that point, I'm just proud of him that he did it. Had more heart than me. But then I remember him saying, yo, good try. And he's like, yeah, give me the mic for a second. It was like, nah. He was like, nah, 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 give me the mic. So he's fighting for the mic. Nah, give me the mic. <laughs> and they're like, say what you got to say. And he's like, yo, honestly, I just got up here because I wanted to say this. I rap a little bit, but I got a cousin in here. He used to call me his cousin. And which turned out we actually were cousins. It's a weird thing. But he's like, I got a cousin in here that could beat anybody. Anybody. Pick him out. And they was like, who is he? Where is he? My little silly ass is trying to hide. But I'm the only one in there at that time in that hallway that's as tall as a nugget. So I stand out. And he's like, oh, he's right there. And everybody looks. And then I can hear people from school. Yo, that's Mo. Yo, Mo. Yo. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then Benzino, the rapper who some of you may know, some of you may know him from Love and Hip Hop or whatever he was on, some of you may know him as No Neck, because he, uh, he has no neck, like Lincoln from Prison Break, just two men who I know who have no neck, not sure why, and at this point I got to go on stage, so I go on stage and I battle, beat the first guy, beat the second guy, beat the third guy, finally they tell me I'm going to end up battling at half court. I call my family, yo, y'all got to come to the game. They're like, we already coming. It's lit. People are coming to the arena. I'm about to battle at halftime in, in this arena full of people. And I'm nervous as hell, but I got to do what I got to do. And I did. I was so nervous that I didn't watch any of the first half of the game. I was just going over rhymes in my head. At that time, see, like nowadays, if you into battle rap at all, you know that a freestyle ain't really a freestyle. It's... It's prepared. It's rehearsed material. But back in those days, a freestyle was really a freestyle. Like, usually coming off the dome. So you could go out there and sound like a complete fool. I didn't know what was about to happen. I didn't even expect any of this to go down. But here we are. So I go out there, and they make me battle like five or six different people. I beat them all. It was a wonderful night. Get the standing ovation, all that. People come out. My dad is poking his chest out. He's like my security guard. People are trying to take pictures and get autographs, all kind of stuff. My dad is like, nah, back up. We not on that. I was like a real star. It was great. My man LB was so proud of me. He felt like I got my dude to go up there and look what happened. And I won. I ended up winning whatever the award was at that time, which I think Benzino was giving you like a, a record deal and a trip to the Source Awards and a feature in the Source magazine because the Source was big at that time. None of that ever happened. It turned out it was really like a scam. 
and they were going state to state and doing that to people, but nobody had actually won, so they didn't have to actually come up with a prize except for this night because that's why they tried to make me battle five or six people thinking someone would eventually beat me. I was on fire. It was NBA Jam in there. He's on fire! Now, if you're a Bird Show listener, P1, then you probably heard the time when I told this story on a Bird Show and Bird actually got Benzino to come to the show and surprise me and talk about this story. And he backed up everything I said because it was real. And, you know, he still owe me a record deal and a whole bunch of things he can't give me. But that's not here nor there. Point is, I was on my way. There's a lot of lessons to be taken from that very influential moment in my life. Have good friends is one of them. <laughs> right? I was afraid. I was nervous. I didn't want to do it on my own. I needed someone to push me. He did, and that's what happened. But it gave me confidence. It made me realize what could actually happen if I stepped out there and believed in myself. That was the start of a lot of things, which eventually would lead to years later when I would get to college and I played ball and I thought that that was going to take off for me and it didn't for a lot of different reasons. Then I went back into my music game and I was writing and I was writing and I was battling and I was writing for people and doing whatever I had to do because if we're being honest, Pretty good at these bars, man. Still good at these bars. But music is not necessarily always caring about bars. So I didn't always care about music. But there's a guy named BJ who was very important within Murder, Inc., who at the time knew who I was for different reasons and eventually gave me a shot and told me that once I was done with school, that he wanted me to come to Murder, Inc. Studios and start to record. And I said, bet. And at first I was going to leave school, but I decided to finish. And I did. And as soon as I was done, I went back to New York. I went to Murder, Inc. And I was like, what's up? And he was like, wow. <laughs> you didn't forget. And I said, hell no, I'm here to work. And that led to me being in Murder, Inc. Studios. I'm around all of the greats at that time. Y'all got to remember, this is when Jai's popping, Ashanti is popping. Murder, Inc. ran the game at one point. This is around there. A little bit after their prime. I went in there to write some music. Showcase my talent and see what I could really do. And a whole lot of things happened. Like that first night <laughs> when I opened up the podcast. That's the night. First night I was there. And all I remember is they passed me this blunt. And everybody was in this room. Again, all of the Murder, Inc. celebs, all of the Murder, Inc. superstars, and they passing this blunt around, and I knew I had no business taking this blunt, man. I wasn't even smoking like that, let alone smoking in the big leagues. They Olympic smoking. Some of y'all know what that is. You know what I mean? Chain smoking, whatever y'all call it. One blunt after another. You pass one, it's one coming. You pass one, it's one coming. Nothing good comes from that. Nothing. So all I remember is getting dizzy, and I remember saying to myself, Yo, I need a power aid or something. They was like, the machine is out there. That's all I remember. I don't even know if I made it to the machine. I just remember waking up, sitting on the floor, thinking to myself, what in the fuck? I don't know who saw me to this day. I don't know if anybody led me there. I don't know. I don't know. I just woke up and started feeling myself all over my body to make sure I was all right. I ain't know if I got shot. I ain't know if other things happened. I ain't know. You ever had your worst moment in front of Ashanti? No, you haven't. You don't know my life. It got real in that room. I was trying to figure out why it was spinning just for me. 
Everybody in there is smoking the same 18 blunts. Why is the room just spinning for me? Why I'm dizzy? I'm Dizzy McGuire in here. Something's not right. Everybody else seems fine. Seems like they enjoying themselves. Me? Trying to find a power aid or a bathroom or a grave. That's what I was on. <laughs> I want to die by myself. Won't nobody see me die. <laughs> hey, man. That's how I ended up on the floor with my back to the wall. And I thought that would be the last time I was invited to Murder Inc. Studios. Because, again, I wasn't sure who saw me. And if your first time meeting somebody, they end up sitting on the floor with their back to the wall, I'm pretty sure you're not going to be in a rush to hang out with them again. This wasn't the plan. But I was invited back, and I spent many a nights in that studio, either making songs for myself or songs for others. And I carved my little space out, and a lot of those nights were epic. But no night was more epic than the night I was sitting in the studio playing 2K with some of the artists. And Jay-Z walked in. Yeah.